Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Data and the diet industry. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Eva Bloom de Monte, Senior Researcher at Privacy International. Welcome, Eva. Hi, thank you for having me. What is the mission of Privacy International? So Privacy International is an organization that's uh, based in London and uh, I would say our name doesn't really uh, tells you a lot about who we are because we don't just work on uh, on privacy. We're looking really at um, how technology uh, is currently sometimes too often uh, being uh, used you know, to exploit people and their data. And we want to turn that around and make sure that technology is there uh, to empower people. Uh, and so they can really regain control over the, the technology that they're using. Uh, so we do research on, uh, on tech, but we also do uh, advocacy and, uh, and campaign on, uh, on those issues. Uh, we work all over the world with a network of partner organizations that are spread across the world. And yeah, that's basically who we are. You recently published an exhaustive study on how a couple of leading names in the diet app business use, share, and in some cases, fail to protect the data entered into their apps and websites. What prompted Privacy International to conduct this study? And why did you select these three companies you investigated? Yeah, so what prompted it actually was uh, a conversation that started on Twitter among uh, people who I know for some of them uh, suffered from uh, eating disorders. And they talked about their experience as internet users being constantly targeted uh, with those ads. And just the mere experience of using the internet uh, being tainted and becoming triggering because of the ads uh, that they were seeing. And obviously, you know, the more you think about those issues, the more you start discussing with people around you, oh, you know, have you seen those ads? And it's a bit like, you know, everyone's seen them, especially if you're a woman. Like, I haven't really found any woman who hadn't been uh, exposed to, to those ads. And then, you know, you, you start thinking yourself, uh, oh, well, you know, I'm not getting them as much anymore. But when I was in my 20s, I was getting them a lot, you know. And so you start thinking, OK, what, you know, what is going on? Who's really behind uh, those ads? What are they after? Uh, what can we learn uh, from looking at them? And how did we choose the, uh, the companies that, you know, we, we eventually decided to focus on? Uh, for me, it was a pretty simple process. I just thought, okay, I'm not seeing those ads at the moment, but let's see if I do one, you know, quick, simple search for, and I search, I think, for, you know, weight loss on Google. You know, what are the companies that are going to be targeting me? And because normally I have all my ad blockers on, so normally I don't actually see any ads, but I thought, okay, let's turn uh, my ad blockers off uh, and see 
what happens to uh, the ads that I'm seeing if I do just one single search for like weight loss on, on Google. And so those companies were essentially uh, the three that initially came up. And um, and it was interesting, actually, because, again, talking uh, to my colleagues about the research I was doing, I saw that at least as far as no was concerned, a lot of people had received uh, ads from Noom. So it was obviously companies that were known to other people for their pretty aggressive uh, targeting practices. But it's actually not so much the targeting we decided to focus on, because as I was looking into you know, what kind of industry uh, the uh, ad, uh, the diet ad, you know, world was, uh, what really sort of like was very striking to me was just how many of them were asking me to do tests. It seemed like that was the main thing. They wanted me to take quiz about basically creating a profile of my body and finding, you know, the right diet for myself. And obviously being someone who does quite a lot of work on data protection, I thought, hmm, but what actually happens to this data when, uh, when you enter and when you do those tests? And very quickly, what became concerning was precisely the kind of data that was collected through this test. So let's talk about that. Describe how you tested the apps and captured their data stream. Yeah, so basically what we did was uh, a process of traffic analysis. So we used a wonderful tool that's available to everyone called HTTPS Toolkit or HTTP Toolkit, sorry. Uh, and, you know, it's an open source program that allows you to do traffic analysis. So if it, effectively what it really does, it's um, like doing a man in the middle attack, except you're attacking your own network. So you can see what the traffic is going through between, you know, what you're entering and what uh, the server, their servers are uh, receiving and collecting. So that gives you an idea of uh, where, what happens to the data, who is it being shared with, uh, where is the data going? And, you know, it became particularly interesting uh, in the context of Noom because so what we did for, uh, concretely is that we actually, you know, did the test while doing the tra traffic analysis. So for every question we entered, we could see where the data was going, uh, what was uh, actually, you know, kept and processed and potentially shared. And of all the companies uh, we're looking to, Noom was the one that really had uh, the most to ask. I think there was, if I recall correctly, there was probably around 50 questions. Uh, and uh, the nature of uh, the questions that were being asked uh, were particularly concerning uh, to me, again, as, a, as a, someone who cares about privacy and data protection, because uh, a lot of the question had to do with medical information. So you were being asked if you had a history of diabetes, history, you know, of any heart-related uh, disease. There's a lot of question about mental health. And we have to remember that I was doing uh, this research from the UK, and the UK is essentially under the same legal framework as the rest, as the European Union, under a legal framework that's basically like GDPR. Uh, it's the UK GDPR de facto. And 
medical information is considered like a special category of data. It's considered sensitive personal data. And this is not something you're allowed to sort of like just casually collect like that. Uh, this is, you're supposed to show that there's like certain steps uh, that are being taken uh, to protect the, um, the information that you're collecting. Uh, you're supposed to have a hell of a good reason to be collecting uh, this information in the first place. And the fact that this data was being collected um, before we even had an account, before we had even signed up to anything, uh, because basically once you have finished the test, what they tell you is that, hey, if you, you know, pay so much money, here is how, you know, you can sign up to your program. Uh, but, you know, you've already shared all this data uh, before you even sign up to their program. And what was concerning to us is like, obviously, we could see that all data was going to them. We could also see that the data was sh being shared uh, with a company called Full Story. And what Full Story does essentially is that it's a third party that analyze, um, analyze the experience of, uh, of a user on a website. So what, they, what Noom would want to know by hiring a third party, like full story, is to see, huh, this person goes on our website, they answer so and so question, but then, you know, they don't sign up or they drop off. And from that, they can sort of derive, you know, marketing intelligence, basically, um, which, you know, is a normal marketing practice, except when you're collecting the most sensitive personal information, you can, you know, ask about someone about, you know, their mental health, their health. Um, also like the, the health of their family because they ask if there is any history of so-and-so disease within your family. You know, this is, uh, and this information is de facto shared with a third party. Uh, this, is, uh, this is something uh, that's obviously very concerning. Now, a full story claim that uh, they have, you know, special practice to, you um, to set aside sensitive personal information, uh, but to us, it wasn't really clear de facto as we were doing the research, how that would work since they were getting uh, the information in the first place. Uh, with the other two organizations, the other two companies, sorry, that we were uh, reviewing, essentially what was happening is obviously there were less questions asked, also, the information wasn't so much um, processed and shared as much as it was. Uh, it was basically included in uh, the URL. So as you go through the test, as you answer the question of the test, the URL changed and starts including the answer that you've given in the URL, which is just sort of a lousy internet security practice. It's just like, pretty much like bad security. And I know there's like quite a few browsers that are trying to address this issue. Uh, so I'd say, you know, in a sense, it's not as concerning in terms of, um, of you know, them not necessarily processing the data in and of itself. Uh, but what it means de facto is that, you know, company like, you know, Google or Facebook that have, you know, trackers on those websites, they could de facto have access to this information because the information that you're entering is contained in URL, which is really also um, not 
Great. So yeah, that was essentially the first part of the research, which is the, the technical uh, aspect of the research. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And in fairness, Eva, I don't believe every consumer realizes how much information they're giving out to these organizations. So as a result of this experience, what recommendations can you offer to consumers who use the internet to find diet, weight control, and fitness plans? Yeah, and I think, you know, that, that's exactly some of, like, one of the, the key problems with this is that there's a bit of a gamification is that, especially the way those tests are being designed is that, you know, you want to answer them and it looks all sort of like uh, very casual. And as you answer tests, uh, you don't really think much uh, through what's actually happening uh, to this data. So to be fair, my really my first recommendation wouldn't be to internet users. It should be with companies because companies should be the one uh, actually making sure that uh, the data of their customers are uh, protected and the honors should be on them uh, to have much better practice. Uh, what I would say though to, uh, to consumers still um, is to really think through uh, what kind of uh, information is being asked of them and really think through why is, for example, health information being requested of me. Uh, do I know that I actually want to sign up for this program? If I know that I want to sign up for this program because for example, it's been recommended uh, by, um, by a doctor, then you know it might make sense to answer those tests because maybe that's gonna be uh, relevant. Now, a lot of actually two of the, um, at least two of the, the organization, the two of the companies that we surveyed, uh, what we noticed, is that basically regardless of the information, the data we had entered, the diet plan or the program was essentially exactly the same. Um, they were simply trying to sell us, you know, a set of program of food supplement or, you know, some snake oil kind of products that, that was exactly the same regardless of the data we had entered. Uh, so there was no valid reason to be asking for this data in the first place. So that's also something to remember is that sadly, you know, we are privacy expert. I'm not an, a health expert, but, you know, from what we were seeing as we were looking into this industry, uh, there's a lot that's potentially concerning uh, in terms of um, in terms of the, the, the products that are selling. So I think, you know, my advice would be rely on what health professional uh, and nutritionists are advising you to follow. Uh, and, and from there, you can sort of more confidently think about, do I want to share my health information with this program? And, you know, it would also just bear in mind that sometimes you might choose to exclude some of the information from those apps. You don't have to tell uh, everything. It might not actually affect so much of your experience. 
uh, with this app if you don't feel comfortable about an app knowing about your mental health or your diabetes or whatnot. And you have the full report of the study on your website, correct? Mm -hmm. I do, yeah. The only thing we haven't included yet, and there'll be upcoming research on this, is that uh, we've been doing a data subject access request, which is a legal mechanism that forces company uh, to reveal the data they hold on you. And here again, we found some very uh, concerning practices among, uh, among at least two of the, the companies we surveyed. Eva Bloom de Monte, Senior Researcher and Project Manager at Privacy International. If somebody wants to connect with you, Eva, what's the best way they can do that? So I think the best way is to reach out to the Privacy International uh, Twitter account or a Facebook account, and then we'll be following up uh, with them and answering uh, their questions. So on Twitter, we are Privacy Ins. Thanks for joining us, Eva, and thanks for the work that you're doing. Thank you. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on all the major podcast platforms under the Tanya Hall Innovation Show or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.